Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Like exactly how much money are we talking with with Micah Parsons? Because if Canty, Carlin, Matlack, Evan said he was included in it on this. Matlack's girlfriend, perhaps as well. I mean, this really this seems like it goes to a lot of branches. Might be ex girlfriend soon. If and he exactly. Was also roped into this. Uh, and also, I don't know if it's the best bet to involve like two hundred people in on. But you know, what do I know? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM channel eighty, and on your smart speakers. All you have to do is tell them to play ESPN Radio. Shay Cornette and Drew Carter filling in for the guys here this evening, and we've got Thursday night football tonight: Falcons and Panthers. And while that seems a little to everyone, it actually has big implications in terms of what it might mean for the division in the NFC South. Because right now, the Falcons are tied at the top with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after that big victory mm. over over the Rams over the weekend. Convincing. And so if the Falcons can continue on that same path, and that means winning, then perhaps they can pull away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But can they? Because the question is, Drew, like, did maybe the the Bucks stir something up after a win against the Rams? We heard after the game, Tom Brady say, "Man, that felt so good, and we just kind of needed that win and all of these things." But like, let's just let's just really break this thing down with what the Bucks have done there. I don't know if a win is going to carry them like it did in 2020, where all of a sudden they had a bye week, which they have in another week. They had a bye week, and then they went on a run, and they won the Super Bowl, and they rode off into the sunset. I'm not sure that's the same thing that's going on here. 16 points is all they needed to beat the Rams, who are lousy. Okay, That's tied for the seventh fewest in a win so far this season. That's the fewest in a win by the Bucks since week 10 of 2017. Wow. Okay? Their longest run was seven yards. And also, they're at the bottom two of the league in terms of rushing in the entire National Football League. They're terrible. It was the first time Tom Brady won a game where he averaged under five yards per pass as a Buccaneer. Do I need Dang. to keep going? It was a crappy win. And so for us to think that this Buccaneers team is all of a sudden going to just escape out of this division and win and go on a run – Seems like fool's gold to me a little bit here. Wow. Who needs stats and info? We've got Shay and info. I mean, just coming with nuggets to talk about the Bucks. Uh While all that is true, I still think that Tampa Bay should be favored in this division, and they are. Uh, I think the division is – or the, the defense, excuse me, is still good. The division is not good. That's kind of the key. And Brady, I mean – are we really going to bet against him at this point? And, and more accurately, are we going to bet on Marcus Mariota or P.J. Walker slash Baker Mayfield slash Sam Darnold, the Voltron, Scarecrow, whatever the Panthers are putting at quarterback? Or are we going to bet on Andy Dalton slash Jameis Winston? Any of those guys to knock Tom Brady off the perch atop the NFC South? I understand it's a team game. It's not only about one guy. I understand the Bucks' offensive line has really struggled, and you know that plays into that stat you mentioned, Shay, about how they're second from the bottom in, in the NFL in rushing. I feel like I'm going to bet on pedigree here, and I, I would say something completely different if they were in any other division in the NFC. I, I think I would favor the 49ers to win a division over them. I'd favor the Vikings to win a division over them or anyone really in the NFC East, which is crazy to say, to win the division over the Bucks, But because they're in the NFC South, I feel like they have to be favored to win that division. Like, who would you take over them? Uh, the Falcons is who I would take over them right now. Just because they've won 
they've won games and they've found ways to win. But I they're mean, both Tom, four and five. Catch, but but Tom Brady and this Bucks team seemed seemed prior to Sunday to be trending in the wrong direction. And and you said, do we really bet against Tom Brady? I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady's the problem. Maybe he's part of it. But I think it's the fact that they had a coaching change. They had so many injuries to that offensive line that goes back to just the offseason, not even the regular season at this point. You don't have the tight ends you were accustomed with, to, to winning with that were a big part of your receiving game. And so I think now it's just all starting to catch up. And, like, a frustrated Tom Brady can only fix so much. And so unless they can write that – which they – look, it's it's week 10. It's not week 15. Um, there's still time. And so I think – and they're not, like, you know, 0 and 9. Like, there, there's still time for this Bucks team to figure it out if they can. I just don't think a 16-point – three-point victory over a lousy Ram squad is the way we should dictate whether or not they've caught lightning in a bottle. And then when we look at this Thursday night matchup, that's not a great one between the Falcons and the Panthers. It just further proves how bad the division is. And it's the only reason, as you said, Drew, we're even having this conversation about the Bucks in terms of can they win the division because the division is so lousy. Yeah, it's the only division in the NFL where every team has a negative point differential. If you look at the standings, it's all red. It's like the guys on this show who bet on Micah Parsons to win MVP. It's like the, their <laughs> books with, with their local sports book. It's They're just losing money. This, this division has been putrid. And like you said, even though this matchup tonight isn't super appealing on paper, I mean, the Falcons could take, take first place over by themselves by a half game if they win tonight against the Panthers. I'm just so uninspired by the Falcons that I, I still feel like it's the Bucks division to lose. Like they did play already and, and the Bucks won. It was controversial. I don't know if, if we can really learn anything from that game because, you know, Grady Jarrett doesn't get called for roughing the passer, which he probably shouldn't have. They probably win that game against Tampa Bay. They do play again in the regular season finale. I feel like even though the Bucks have the head to head for now, we don't really learn a whole lot from that game, but Tom Brady being Tom Brady is probably the only reason we're talking about the division at all, Shay. I mean, you're right. The only reason we talk about the Bucs is because they play in this horrible division. The only reason we're talking about this horrible division is because Tom Brady's involved. And if if they make it in the dance, then people are going to be afraid of them. But I I just look at the NFC, and even though it's the weaker of the two conferences, I think there are three teams in the NFC East that are are better than Tampa Bay. The Vikings are better than Tampa Bay. And if you're going to bank on the Bucs, to turn it around, why not bank on the Packers, who have been just as bad? And I think, you know, Rodgers being a little younger, maybe he might even be a better bet than Brady to turn this around. And then in the NFC West, the Seahawks 49ers are both better, and the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. So even if the Bucks do make the playoffs, it's probably not going to matter because they're still like the seventh or eighth best team in the NFC. Okay, the difference, though, between the Bucks and the Packers is the Bucks actually got like the monkey off their back. I hate that term, but it's true. Like They actually yeah. won the game. Like The Packers have lost five straight, and, and there's no end in sight. Like They're going to play the Cowboys at home this weekend, and what's going to be different? So like at least the Bucks have gotten over the hurdle, and they actually won a game. Now, albeit a crappy one, but still they did it. And I'll say this, too. The Bucks and Falcons being tied at the top of the division is horrible news for the Falcons because 
because you know who's undefeated against the Falcons since he put on a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform? That would be Tom Brady. And you know how big those wins are? They're like by double digits every single time. So that's not good news for the Falcons. Even before he got to the division, he owned them. (laughs) Exactly. Like there's if there's one guy and one team you don't want to have to be tied and go neck and neck with, it's going to be the Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But nonetheless, that's the point of this whole situation. Like if the Falcons can just find a way to actually go at the go at the Bucks and in a year where they might be down, then maybe we've got something to talk about. So again, Thursday night football is tonight. Panthers they host the Falcons, uh, and it's a critical game in the NFC South. As crazy as that sounds, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Shea Cornette, Drew Carter filling in for the guys here. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can give us a ring on the Dr Pepper call online 888 say ESPN triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. So Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Progressive's tenth keys to progress giveaway for veterans this year their goal is to gift a vehicle to a recipient small business or nonprofit in every state see more about their annual giveaway at keys to progress.com so is it time for the packers maybe as we just mentioned the packers along with the bucks is it time for maybe for them to hold on to that loving feeling i was gonna sing it i did everyone a favor Boo. we'll answer it next on espn radio Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? All right, so things got passionate on Get Up this morning, which feels like it was yesterday um, at this hour of the night. But uh, but it really was only a few hours ago. So we're going to have some fun with it. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. I am Shay Cornette. Drew Carter also filling in for the guys here. Um, you can call us on the Dr. Pepper call online, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And so it is time for us to get up and get down. It's Get Up in the Morning. Good morning. It is time to get up. But in the afternoon, we get down. Get down on it. It's time for Get Up, Get Down. Get down on it. Okay, let's go. Um, all right, we're going to get down on it on something that Damian Woody had to say this morning. And for those, obviously, everyone is listening on radio right now and not seeing us visually and not seeing this happen visually. Damian Woody literally had to get up off the desk, leave, and come back <laughs> to answer this question on if after losing five straight and the three red zone interceptions, perhaps the Packers should consider benching their star quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. What are we talking about? We're talking about benching Aaron Rodgers yes. for, for Jordan Love? Right. I mean, how much?
much bread we talking about with Aaron Rodgers? Fitty. Like, we talking like, like quarter Fitty. billion type stuff with Aaron Rodgers. Fitty. And you want to bench him. Yeah. You want to bench Aaron Rodgers so you can find out what we have in Jordan Love? <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, you get for three Jordan Love. What, 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 do we, what, do we, what do we expect to find out about Jordan Love? Can he play football? If Aaron Rodgers getting his ass kicked, <laughs> if, if Jordan, hold on, if, if, hold on, hold on, hold on. If, if Jordan Love could play football, they wouldn't assign Aaron Rodgers to that deal. Okay, mic drop at the end there by Damian Woody because that's the, that's the reality of the situation. What are we even talking about here? And and I I know this is our job, right, Drew? We have to generate a little bit of buzz and. And naturally, with like any, there's probably like five quarterbacks that don't fall into this category. And Aaron Rodgers is one of them. But with like anyone else, when you struggle at your job naturally, or when you struggle at the quarterback position, it's like put in the backup. Sorry. Like Mac Jones, too bad. Bailey Zappi, let's go. Like you stink. Like that happens, but it doesn't happen to guys like Aaron Rodgers. This conversation feels so silly to me considering the lack of weapons he has around them. And yes, a struggling season that didn't we kind of see this coming just a little bit? Uh, now, Shay, you say it doesn't happen to guys like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it should. Maybe, Why? Maybe it should because Aaron Rodgers hasn't performed like Aaron Rodgers this year. He's 27th in the league in total QBR. The guys he's ahead of, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield. Behind Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, and others. Aaron Rodgers has not performed like Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers were playing like the two-time defending MVP that he is, if he were performing like that, then yeah, I would agree with you and Damian Woody, and it sounds like everyone else on the get-up desk this morning, what are we talking about here? But because Aaron Rodgers has struggled so much, and because you don't know what you have in Jordan Love, I know Damian Woody says that, listen, if Jordan Love could play football, they wouldn't have signed Aaron Rodgers to this deal. I kind of push back on that because, you know, it doesn't mean Jordan Love is bad. It just means that Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs in a row and you can't let him walk. I think the, the Packers probably thought, and a lot of other people did, that they'd be a Super Bowl contender this year if they brought Aaron Rodgers back. Like they have been basically every year he's been a starting quarterback. But when the wheels fall off, they fall off fast. Think about Peyton Manning in Denver. Like, I know he won a Super Bowl in one of his last years, but he fell off a cliff in a hurry. Tom Brady, seemingly this season, has fallen off a cliff in a hurry. When these guys get old, they get old fast. Aaron Rodgers has not been, like, anything close to what he was the last couple of seasons. With that, considering the fact that they need to make a decision on Jordan Love's fifth-year option this upcoming offseason, and they used a first-round draft pick on him, I think it might be time to see what the kid has got. Perfect. Great idea. This is a great idea. Let's do that. Let's start cool. Jordan Love. Let's start. And you know why we're at it? Why we're at it since the Bucks suck too. Let's put, <laughs> let's start Blaine Gabbert. Let's do it. Let's totally start different, Blaine though. Gabbert. Shay, and totally you know different what? and you know it. We're going to see Case Keenum this weekend, I think, in Buffalo. Perfect. And let's put in Jordan Love. Oh. And let's just see what happens oh. here. Let's see if the product from these three teams that I just laid out no, is no, 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 better no, 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 no. than it would be if those three star quarterbacks were under center. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, last year, just, okay, he only started one game last year, okay? And he played in six. Two touchdowns, three interceptions. He was bad. Lopsided. Sacked three times. Lopsided. Still, we, two interceptions is what I'm focusing on here. The other numbers are bigger than that. Three fumbles. Aaron Rodgers threw three picks last week, including two in the red zone against the worst defense but, in the but NFL. But the reason we're talking about it is because it's such an anomaly. He doesn't do stuff like that. That's yes. the reason we can't get over it. That's 
reason we're like, forget it. He's lost his touch. What the heck? I mean, if this was a quarterback that's accustomed to turning the ball over, would we really be having? I mean, do you remember what was happening with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes last year? We thought they weren't even going to make the postseason because he was turning the ball over. Their defense was historically bad. And now look where they are. Look where they were at the end of last season. And eight seconds later, they end up beating the Buffalo Bills. And here they are again this season. This is just utter nonsense. The fact that we're even talking about it, I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around. It. But you know what? I think it's a good experiment, Drew. I really do. Let's do it. Let's start Jordan Love. And I, I really, I, I, Jordan Love, Case Keenum, and Blaine Gabbert. All three. Hold on. All three. Hold on. But those situations are not even remotely similar. The Bucks are tied for first place in their division, and the Vikings are up by five games in their division, and and the Bills are leading their division, and they're a Super Bowl fan. Like, it's totally different. The Packers are five games back of the Vikings. At a certain point, why not pull the plug? Because you just don't do that to a guy you paid all that money to who has been the face of your franchise. The the reason that you even have a chance in half of the games that you battle, you just don't do so. – and I feel I feel bad for Jordan Love. I really do. Like, I, I feel bad he was drafted there. I feel bad with all this baggage that has kind of come with it. But, like, sorry. I mean, that's just, that's just the hand you were dealt, and one day it will be your turn, and it's not now. <laughs> it but, just simply is not now. Let's go to some callers here again. The Dr. Pepper call line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bill's in Tennessee. Bill, please, enlighten me. What do you got? <laughs> Listen, I, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. No one wants to bring up the significance of Devontae Adams. I mean, we are seeing the, the, the impact that he obviously had on the Green Bay Packers. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, and it was really almost ironic on Sunday when, and obviously I know the Raiders went on to give up a 17-point lead and actually lose the game, but Devontae Adams was scoring multiple touchdowns while Aaron Rodgers was throwing multiple picks in the red zone. It was, like, almost ironic to watch it side by side. If you were watching red zone, they were, like, flipping back and forth between the two problems. Um, Yeah, it's it's an issue. And you know what's even more laughable than that, Drew, is the fact that then we hear that the Packers wanted to go get uh, Darren Waller, and they wanted to go get Chase Claypool, but they just – you know, they didn't give enough. Could have, like, should have, would have. They're the official team of that. Every yeah. year every year they do that. Exactly. And so now you're left with nothing. So, like, who's to blame for that? Are we blaming Rodgers for that, too? And I'm not, like, like I'm a Bears fan. I'm not a Rodgers apologist. I just, like, at some point we have to draw the line a little a little bit here. All right, we'll continue to hear from you on Aaron Rodgers. we got a lot more coming up here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. That's after Drew has this. Fellas, if you're suffering from hair loss or worried about your hair, you've got to check out Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts. The sooner you take action, the more options you'll have for keeping and restoring your hair. Bosley has both surgical and non-surgical solutions to help you keep your hair and grow thicker, fuller hair where you need it most. Right now, Bosley is giving away a free information kit and a $250 gift card toward a procedure. Just text CARLIN to 203 203- 203 Carlin to 203 203 you don't want to wait when it comes to hair loss just get the information and learn what you can be doing right now to keep or grow your hair people trust Bosley they are truly the leaders in hair restoration they have the most experience restoring hair and experience matters so what are you waiting for get your free Bosley info kit and a $250 off gift card when you text Carlin to 203 203 again text Carlin to 203 203 and get your hair back with Bosley. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Must maybe maybe that's it. Must be the money with the Aaron Rodgers situation <laughs> in Green Bay. Maybe not the MVPs or the fact that he's won a Super Bowl or maybe, maybe not. Must be the money. That's the reason <laughs> they're sticking with him at quarterback there in Green Bay. Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers, Shay Cornette and Drew Carter filling in for the guys here on Canteen and Carlin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and I'm 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 half kidding, but this is like a real narrative, like. The Packers have lost five games in a row. We know the interceptions were an issue against the Lions last weekend for Aaron Rodgers, and things just almost seem to be completely unraveling there in Green Bay. And so this is a real question now. Like, should the Packers bench bench Aaron Rodgers? And no, I don't believe this, and I can't believe I'm saying it, and start Jordan Love to see what you got in the <laughs> guy, laugh. right? Drew's, Drew laugh. says, Drew says <laughs> yes, because we got to okay. see what we got in hey, him. Hey, 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 I don't say yes. I'm saying maybe. I'm Maybe. saying, I'm saying, think about it. And bench Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, is an unfa- it's an unfair characterization. It's not, I'm not saying Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying it might be time to start thinking about what you have in the first round pick, who you need to make a decision on this offseason when your team is three and five, and you're probably not going to make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Just think about it. Consider it. But there's so much time left, and the NFC North is not exactly like the best division in football. How dare you? The Vikings are seven and one. They have the second best record in the NFL. But I agree, they haven't been that impressive. Not even a little bit. Uh, Dave's in South Carolina with a comment. Dave, what you got? So I have a question. Well, not really a question. I guess two comments. One, you know, all of these players that are getting paid millions and millions of dollars, like Rogers is. In most cases, I would have a tendency to agree with Drew, but I really think they should just leave Rodgers out there with the amount of money he's making and just let him get his butt kicked. Let him, let him earn his dollars. And then as far as, you know, these guys being a bad man like Stephen A. Smith says he is, well, you know what, Brady, Brady didn't have all kinds of weapons either, and he won. So, you know, this just proves that Rodgers was good because of Devontae Adams. That's all this proves. He can't carry the team – making $50 million a year. That's my take. Thank you. Yeah, and so that's a good point. Yeah, it's you can't be good without a guy. You're try, you know, you're tried and true. You're Devontae Adams. This is part of the was part of the problem for Rodgers why he went off on a hundred different ways in that press conference for in being angry that the Packers didn't help themselves and they got rid of so many guys and you can't lose a talent like Devontae Adams and not replace him. Like, this is what happens. And and so, to me, I feel like now you're seeing that. And the fact that the Packers couldn't capitalize at the trade deadline, 
you're seeing more of that. And it's just, yeah, this is what happens when you're lackadaisical in your approach to getting better as a football team. Like, you don't see results, Drew. Yeah, and I like Dave bringing the spice. I I don't totally agree that Adams made Rodgers, but he has had good receivers throughout his time in Green Bay. Go back to Donald Driver, one of the best in franchise history. You have to go back to Donald Driver. No, no, I'm I'm saying we start there, but Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, these are really good receivers. They've had some good tight ends through the years. So, like, I do think he's had good weapons, but everyone needs good weapons to be successful. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like Aaron Rodgers deserved all the money he got until this year when he has not lived up to that contract and has not lived up to the hype. And I think Dave makes a great point talking about the money he's making and how he he should play through it because he's making $50 million this year. He should also be a leader and be accountable, which is the opposite of what he's done. Listen, I agree with Aaron Rodgers' assessment that his pass catchers are not very good this year. But what I don't agree with is if you're the leader of the team, if you've been that team's quarterback for 15 years, if you've been an MVP multiple times, if you are the face of the franchise and really the face of that entire city, you can't come out and say, we have talent, but it has to consistently show up. And we, you can't say... Why not? Because that's not what a leader does, I don't think. I, I think a leader takes accountability, and a leader yeah. tries to yeah. uplift people yeah. rather than stomping them down. You pull them up instead of kicking them when they're beneath you. Aaron Rodgers deserves better from the front office. I agree. But I also think the guys on that team deserve better from Aaron Rodgers than being thrown under the bus when he's the one, as Dave points out, who's making $50 million. Now, I agree with everything you just said. And I know I said earlier in the show the devil doesn't need an advocate, but I'm going to play the devil's advocate anyways. Um, I used to hate, hate when Bruce Arians would step up and that he would call out Tom Brady. I used to hate it. I would say what I said to you, basically. Okay, cool. Then start playing Gabbert. Quit blaming Brady for all the issues. I'd, I'd get mad. However, I will say, and I'm not saying that's the reason they were winning. It, it, it works, you know? Like, he would go to the podium and he would kind of call guys out on, on that Bucks roster, including Tom Brady. No one was invincible. And it worked in, like, a, a weird way. And, and I'm not saying everyone is created equal. But I think Roger's frustrations are like, look, you haven't earned your keep here. And, and if you guys aren't showing up, like, I'm not holding back. I'm going to say what I want into this microphone. It's not the best way to go about things, and I agree with you. I don't think it's the right way to go about things. But maybe he was trying to motivate the guys around him in a way that he thought would work. And it just clearly is not. Also, to go along with that, like – after a certain amount of time, when you're the veteran, like, you you have earned the right to call guys out for stuff, you know? Like, even at work, Drew, like, when you've been somewhere for a long time and someone's, like, learning underneath you, like, you have the right to be like, that was a bad show, you know? Yeah. Like, you got to be better. Not to your boss, but you have the right to say those kinds of things. And so I just think we're, he's at the point where he's so frustrated. However... The not taking accountability for anything is getting old. It's getting yeah. annoying. I mean, I, I, we listened live on Sunday on game day on ESPN Radio um, to Aaron Rodgers' press conference, and he did say, like, I wish I had that throwback. I'm going to have yeah. to live with that. Like, he, he did point out his mistakes, but it what I think we all want to hear is, like, I need to be better. This starts with me. You know, and that's not what we're getting ever from him. And I think that's probably part of the problem. All right. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Shea Cornette and Drew Carter here with you filling in for the guys. We got another superstar that's struggling at the very end. That's next on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Oh, the Lakers. The Lakers <laughs> and the Clippers were the uh, nightcap last night on ESPN Radio. And you needed several nightcaps if you watched that game and you're a Lakers fan. Let's just say that. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, Shay Cornette. Andrew Carter filling in for the guys here. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Dr. Pepper call online is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Before we dive into what's going on with the Lakers, there was a little bit of breaking news earlier today. And I say breaking news here with a grain of salt because LeBron James tweeted. And before you laugh, it it actually holds weight when LeBron James tweets, and especially when he tweets about his former teammate, Kyrie Irving, who we know right now is not playing with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and has an up-to-five-game suspension without pay as he needs to work through some things after tweeting um, about a movie that includes some anti-Semitism remarks and and things of that nature. So this is what LeBron James tweeted out earlier today, about three hours ago. I told you guys I don't believe in sharing hurtful information, and I'll continue to be that way. But Kyrie apologized, and he should be able to play. That's what I think. It's that simple. Help him learn. But he should be playing. What he's asked to do to get back on the floor I think is excessive in my opinion. He's not the person that's being portrayed of him. Anyways, back to my rehab session. Um, So that was LeBron James and his tweet. End quote. Yeah. And look, I I think everyone has feelings about Kyrie Irving for a lot of different – a lot of different reasons, not only pertaining to the situation that is here right now. But here's what I know, Drew, from where I sit. I know he has been a massive distraction to his team, okay? And this dates back not just to last year, but beyond that. I know that these kinds of things, he doesn't handle great with the media. He shows no remorse and no grace, and it just sometimes leads to things getting worse and worse and worse, and I think that's what happened in this situation. An apology was wanted, remorse remorse wanted to be showed. He didn't have any of that. And so now here we are, and, and he was punished for it. And while LeBron James might be right, maybe it is excessive. I don't know. I don't know, like, how, you know, Kyrie actually feels inside about certain types of people. I don't know. But what I know is, is like, well, if you're not going to listen, like if my boss comes to me and is like, Shay, you know what? You can't say the word Lakers anymore on air. And I just <laughs> keep saying it. <laughs> I, yeah, wish, right? I wish someone said that. And I just keep saying it. And I, and then he's like, now you need to apologize. And I'm like, no, I'm not apologizing. And therefore I'm not even talking anymore. Like I'm going to get reprimanded. <laughs> like we can't just act however we want when people of higher power, be it our bosses or our coaches or whatever, come to us and tell us to, to do something that pertains to our job. So um, anyways, that's my two cents on the whole situation. Drew, go ahead. Well, listen, I, First of all, are we sure that was LeBron's account or was that someone who bought a blue check no. with $8 a month? <laughs> I'm okay. sure it's LeBron, King James account. All right, so it was actually LeBron who tweeted it. And, you know, I have mixed feelings on this. My initial reaction is everything LeBron does is calculated. Uh, he is very smart as a basketball player and also as a basketball front office exec and a mover and shaker and a power broker in the NBA. So what could he stand to gain from tweeting about this? And 
I immediately go to, does he want the Lakers to trade for Kyrie Irving? And would that would this tweet somehow make that more likely, or would it just make it easier for them if they were to be teammates again? That's number one. Number two, did he, are we sure he said sorry? The answer is yes. He did eventually apologize on Instagram, but it took him so many tries to do that after being combative with the media and refusing right. to do so multiple times. It's so obvious that he was strong armed into making that apology and. To me, it's so obvious that it's not sincere. But number three is, whether it's sincere or not, is he just going to be suspended forever? Like, he did eventually apologize, and I think that's what everyone wanted. Uh, Everyone wants him to take the tweet down, which I think should be a pretty fair expectation. But I don't know what else to expect from Kyrie Irving at this point that would make me say, yeah, he's remorseful and, you know, he has, quote-unquote, paid his dues for the wrongdoing he did. And I, I do think he did something wrong by... promoting that documentary which is really hurtful to a lot of people so with that being said though I don't know what else we can expect from Kyrie before he's not suspended I think that's what LeBron is saying at this point so Kyrie Irving can return as if if it was five days and that's what initially the earliest he could return five games I should say would be Sunday against the Lakers in Los Angeles ironically as this all comes kind of full circle um, and LeBron knows Kyrie on a different level. Obviously, they played together in Cleveland. And maybe he's right. Maybe there's a different side of Kyrie that we're not seeing, and, and people are unfairly judging him. But what I know from, from where I sit is every time there's a microphone in his face, he's combative. Every time someone asks him to do something, he won't do it. And he's putting things out there on his platforms, and while he's saying he's not endorsing it, come on. If you have more than a 1,000 followers and you post something, you're endorsing whatever you're saying in those tweets. Like, that's just the way the world works now, yep. and he knows that. And so he's created this person. Persona. Not not and I, I'm not I know I work in media like you've done that you're you're the way you you come up go about things the way you talk to people like that creates this and so LeBron might be right but that's their friendship the way other people see it is completely different okay now let's focus more on the Lakers here because as I said the earliest Kyrie could return is Sunday now it doesn't look like that's going to be the case because he's got a laundry list of things he needs to accomplish I don't even think he's talked to his GM since all this has come about however um the Lakers now have announced that that they could be without LeBron James. Lakers coach Darvin Ham says LeBron James will be day-to-day with his groin injury. Ham says the MRI showed that James has a strained left abductor. <clears throat> By virtue of a scheduling quirk here, James could take eight days off in his next stretch and only miss two games. Um, so Lakers played the Clippers last night. They lost. Lakers are 2-9. and nine. They can't win a road game. Legitimately, they have not won a road game. They're not good. And quite frankly, Drew, if they don't have LeBron James, why would we even talk about them? I mean, yeah. they're irrelevant. Right, right. I mean, we ignored the Lakers for a few years, and it was awesome when, when no one <laughs> talked about the Lakers, when, when Julius Randle was their best player. I, I yearn for those days. I pine for those days. Uh, but LeBron, I mean, it's an interesting case to me because now we're at the point where the Lakers are so bad that we're talking about are they going to trade Anthony Davis? Or are they going to trade LeBron even? Are they going to sit LeBron? Are they going to tank? Well, they can't because they don't have their first-round pick. They have a pick swap with the Pelicans who got their first-round pick swap in the Anthony Davis trade. This would be a really great year to stink and have your first-round pick because Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson both seem like generational talents. The Lakers don't. Uh, they mortgage the future to win a championship, which they did in the bubble with Anthony Davis when he was phenomenal. But, you know, it's just it's really disappointing, Shay. And I think it's obvious at this point that I'm not a Lakers fan. But 
I do enjoy watching good basketball, and I thought Anthony Davis was going to be vintage Anthony Davis this year, and he just has not been. Uh, He's the worst jump shooter in the NBA statistically in terms of guys who take a lot of jump shots from an efficiency perspective. He is the worst in the league, worse than Russell Westbrook. He actually damages his team's chances to win when he puts up a jump shot, especially considering that he's one of the best interior players in the NBA still, I think. Uh, But he just – he's been so disappointing and LeBron fairly disappointing as well that at this point it's like what's the answer and I think considering that they don't have their first round pick maybe the answer is they do trade for Kyrie Irving but to do that they'd probably have to offload first round picks in 2027 and 2029 which at that point I mean you are really playing with fire so who knows what the Lakers are going to do yeah, that's that's talk about mortgaging your future. Well, the Lakers have lost four in a row. They play tomorrow night at home and then Sunday at home again. Tomorrow night's against Sacramento. Sunday would be against Brooklyn. Um, and again, that's the earliest Kyrie can return, although that remains to be seen and seems very far out of reach. A Super Bowl contender that only Drew wants to talk about. <laughs> we'll explain next on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.